This episode is powered by Safety FM. The Crucial Talks Podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Saddam, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks Podcast. Now, today's guest is dealing with a little bit of an issue. There's some severe weather where she's at. She's in a Starbucks, so the audio may not be that great, but it's good enough that we can get a lot of value from her. So just bear with us, and the audio, yeah, maybe it might not be as clear, but it's not the audio I'm worried about. It's the content, because the content is going to be great. Now, I don't know if you have a Ya burger near you, but if you do, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say the burgers, fries, and shakes are awesome. And as I've done more of these interviews and spoken at different organizations, one thing is always clear, and it's clear, I think, with Muya Burger also, the reason these types of organizations and businesses are so successful is because of the people within those organizations. So when I go to Muya Burger, the food and service just doesn't happen magically. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on so that customers get that experience. And one of the things that happens behind the scenes is the need to develop the people in the organization that get it all to work. And that is the key to a lot of what we talk about here on the Crucial Talks podcast is that people give the flexibility and adaptability to our organizations and our systems that really allows us to succeed. And that people have to communicate and work together. And that's why I'm really excited for our guest today. Denny Laney is the Vice President of Training and Development at Muya Burger. She understands that our workplaces are constantly changing and evolving. And she also believes in the importance of relationships and developing teams that can perform at a high level. Not only that, but she deals with new people coming into the organization. There's just so much value in her experience and what she does every day that I am super excited to welcome her to the Crucial Talks podcast. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Denny Laney to the Crucial Talks podcast. How are you today, Denny? Well, I'm, I'm overcoming some challenges with the power outages that are rampant around the city right now, but I'm happy to be here, and Starbucks is as good as any place, so I, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Well, no, I've really been looking forward to getting you onto the podcast because we've, we've touched base a couple of times on LinkedIn and it's just really cool what you're doing and I, I love where you come from. So I know a little bit about you. I know a little bit about your belief system and what you do, but the listeners may not. So can we start out by having you tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. Um, as the... People for the people, which is really what I prefer um, more accurately, what, what my title is. I have been with Muya for about three years, and it is a super fun little brand. It is growing, which is exciting. So there are always a lot of new people that, that we're meeting. It is a franchise organization, so um, there is no corporate restaurant except for one here in Dallas, which is where Muya was founded. So it's been a really fun three years building a culture that in large part hadn't really existed within the brand. 
from a people perspective as part of the work. I often say your people are really your work. And sometimes that's not always the belief of leaders who think the work is more the, the tactical end of things. So it's, it's been a great journey so far. Well, and what I find really interesting about a business like that and you being the vice president of training and development or you being really people for the people, what I find interesting is that there's no corporate restaurant. So you're bringing in people from from different parts of the country. And I don't know, are you guys international yet? Are you bringing in people from different parts of the world also? We are in, we are global. However, our growth strategy is domestic for the time being and multi-unit uh, domestic growth. So we look at bringing in franchisees who are looking to open five muyas. Well, and so this is where I want to go with this because you're not, you're not, having corporate restaurants. So it's not like this kind of top down building. It's more like a network building. And so what I find really fascinating and what I want to ask you about is the fact that you're bringing people in and they could be from different parts of the country with different educational backgrounds, different experiences. So how do you bring them in and then create a culture or create the capacity for them to be part of the Muya family where the experience I get here at home is similar to the one I might get in a different state. Absolutely. And one thing that you touched on is the socioeconomic variables because folks do come from different parts of the country. What I do love about engagement and, you know, the team member experience, it doesn't matter where you're from or what your experiences in life have been because it really is about having passion for the people and in the restaurant industry you already get folks who are primed for that just by the sheer selection of what they've decided to do for a living you really have to love people in order to be successful in restaurant so what I start with the new managers that you know I'm most passionate about the front line because that's really um, you know, the, the, the guest experience will never be better than the team member experience. So I really focus with leaders on that team member experience in order for us to, to provide what it is we're trying to do um, for our guests at Muya. And with new managers, you know, what we start doing when we bring them to Dallas for two weeks, sometimes closer to three weeks, is we really start to shape their experience so that they're feeling fantastic about themselves and fantastic about the work that they're doing. And they're feeling really good about Muya. And then letting them know, quite honestly, that we're doing so deliberately and really shaping their experience so that they understand the expectation for them when they go into their restaurant location is to shape and provide that same experience for the hourly team members that that they're responsible for leading and i always say managers do not know how important they are in this world you know all of us can imagine when we were younger or our first jobs and what managers do to shape the experiences for for young people whether they stay with Mia or stay in the restaurant or not, they really become a powerful mentor for, for young people. So just elevating that for managers so that they understand, you know, the importance of what they're doing. 
And that's a lot of fun. And then we take it to the front line um, and help these managers understand how to bring that to life for team members. Well, and I find a couple of things really powerful of what you said. The first thing is that you are deliberately shaping the experience. And the reason I wanted to draw attention to that is because I hear so much in the world today that there is so there is a lack of employee engagement. Like something like 13%, I think it was a Gallup poll, 13% of workers in this country are actually engaged at work. Correct. 13%. That's, that's nothing. And actually, what I love about – oh, go ahead. As you say that, I just want to point out, we actually work with Gallup. Um, they have something that – if anybody listening has not heard of it, it's called the Q12, and they have pulled down all of the data because nobody has more data than Gallup, but they've pulled down um, from an engagement perspective. If you're doing these 12 things, these are the 12 questions that if your teams answer to a high positive degree, that engagement is elevated. So I, I teach these managers that, you know, it's like teaching to the test. So, for example, if you were to ask anyone on my team, have you been recognized for a job well done in the last seven days, I promise you they will say yes because I know that that's part of my job to do that in order to keep their engagement to the degree that, that I want. I want them to be engaged with work. So, yeah, Gallup has, has given us a great partnership, and I think there's 1.4 people available for every open job today. Well, I think that's another interesting thing, right? Because you, you know, we're hitting a couple good points here. One is the fact that you have, you know, the necessity to have a good workplace experience. And I love that. I didn't know that about Gallup. They have actually broken down the 12 things that really, if you ask your team, you will get a, you'll get some feedback on how really engaged they are, or how engaging the workplace is. And I also found it interesting just now what you said that there's only, so there's only 1.4 people available per open job. So what that tells me, you know, to me, data is great, but it's not the data that's great. It's the story it tells. And that story that tells me is there's a ton of competition for, for workers because there's not enough workers out there. So not only do we have to find a way to recruit employees, we have to find a way to retain those employees. And it seems like one of the things that you hit on that is a valuable way to do that is the workplace experience. So how important is that workplace experience, not only for the success of a company like Muya, but how important is it just to keep the people that make us successful in those jobs? You know, not only is it important, but it can become a competitive advantage because there are so many folks out there still not doing it for whatever reason. So we really shape the culture at Muya, especially at the front line, by talking to team members um, in a way that they can relate to. So what we do is we get a, a, the team together for an orientation or a team meeting, and we say, okay, raise your hand if you've ever woken up in the morning and not wanted to go to work. And for first-time jobbers, we relate it to school. Have you ever woken up in the morning and not wanted to go to that particular class? And of course, everyone raises their hand. It's fantastic. So we say why, and we start sharing with each other about what our experience has been like when we have dreaded going into a certain environment or situation. So it's really fun then to turn it around and say, okay, this is what we are going to do. 
we have five characteristics that we believe all of you have, or forgive me, four, that we believe all of you have, and that's why we've hired you. So we are going to create an environment where none of us is ever going to wake up in the morning and not want to come here. And we're going to do that by actively treating each other in a way that represents these four characteristics. So, um, for example, one of the characteristics is we love the high five. And we look around and we ask the teams to high five each other. And, of course, that's fun. And... What does that generate? What does that feel like when you get a high five? And they say, oh, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel part of the team. It lifts me up. So uh, we, we love high fives. Um, we are insatiable, which becomes kind of a funny word. Of course, not everybody knows what that means. But as we talk through it, it really, it really means whenever we come here, it can't be good enough. We can't be nice enough, happy enough, helpful enough. It can't be clean enough. It's like um, just this desire for it to always be better. And then that starts to build some pride in the team. Um, of course, the third one is we have each other's back. So I got you. You've got me. We've got this franchisee. He or she has you. And finally, we prove real. The other thing that makes this culturally relevant is you can just easily coach to it as well on a regular basis um, by, you know, someone's looking down and go give them a high five and say, hey, I've got your back. And, you know, we prove real. That means I'm going to be to work on time. I'm going to pull my weight. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And then that starts to cultivate an environment that we then explain to them is culture. Because what we're going to call culture here at Muya is what does it feel like to work here? And we're going to make sure what it feels like to work here is really good and that we're all committed to, to bringing that every day. So that starts to resonate early um, and starts to help shape the experience that that team member will then continue to have. Well, and here's where I find some a lot of value what you said, because you really broke down the ideas that you have, these characteristics that everybody has that will lead to this positive culture. So the first thing, it really sounds like, so it, high five, super simple to do, super simple in concept, but it's super deep in what, to me, it actually means. Because you, you basically ask, hey, what does it feel like when someone high fives you? To me, that means that there is what you're trying to do is intentionally build a an environment where social esteem and social belonging is a big part of what you do. And I think that's really powerful because people are social animals, probably the most social animal on the entire planet. And if you do something as simple as hey, what does it feel like when someone high-fives you? And that actually occurs. What you're doing is basically saying to people in a very understandable way, people desire social esteem and social belonging. And if we meet that need, they're going to be a more powerful force in our organization. Absolutely. And in writing my book, a lot of the research, especially not as much from millennials, but more so towards disease, which are a lot of uh, our workforce at Muya is first-time jobbers. Their social awareness is so much more off the chart than like what mine was. I mean, and even millennials, where I need to work because I have to make an income. I have to, ha I, you know, I have to make a living. 
And that's just not going to work for Zs. And they can work anywhere because there's fewer people in the world. So the talent war is real. And we have to pivot at some point and really address that. And that's what we're trying to do at Muya and helping people understand the importance of social awareness because a lot of our franchisees are more Xers and kind of still think of we go to work and we get our work done and we go home and that's not how it works anymore. Well, and I think that's also an interesting thing that you brought up. Now, now one, the interesting thing is you just said that you're writing a book. I want to find out more about that. But before we do, I don't want to lose my train of thought on this, this point. You just said, hey, a lot of our of our workers are new workers, new to the workforce, brand spanking new. And so what you're doing through this, this social esteem and belonging is really providing them the same thing that I think everybody has wanted to be since we were hunting and gathering in tribes. We want to belong to a social group that provides us with esteem and a feeling of belonging and gives us purpose, something we can be proud of being part of. And what I wanted to touch on is the fact that it doesn't seem like that's only beneficial for uh, Generation Z and millennials. And it's really good for, I don't care if you get somebody who retired after 35 years in a a corporate career and just wants something to do. So they they join the Muya team as a, as a server. It doesn't matter if you're 70 or you're 17. It really sounds like this notion of feeling like you belong to that group and that that group recognizes the value you have is important regardless of the generation. Correct. And it's really more of a human effect, right? One of the things that I've been learning through just reading some of the, the trade magazines is how important the older population is. For Amuya, to your point, what a fun opportunity for someone who's, you know, on, on their where they want to, you know, just engage and, and be somewhere where they belong and don't really do it for the money, but do it for, you know, themselves is perfect for Muya because yes, it is regardless of generation. It's just more a human condition. And I talk about humans a lot because I don't like to slot or, or differentiate in a way that, that makes it seem as if it's one population and not another. I think the biggest thing about the Z population, however, is really the idea of um, we don't really live in a world anymore where parents are necessarily an authority figure. In talking to, to Zs, their parents are their best friends, and they respect them in a high degree. But when I say who's been the most impactful person you know, in your life, it's always their parents. Describe for me a person that you think of when you think of a great leader. And it's 100% of the time from Z's, it's been their parents. So to go into a work environment where all of a sudden someone's trying to be an authority figure is such a foreign concept that they'll never um, be engaged with, with your brand or, or that environment or culture if we're still managing in a way that isn't aware of what it needs to look like. Well, and I think that's pretty that's a pretty powerful statement you just made because throughout the industrial revolution and and we've got into manufacturing in this country and all that, it really became this top down 
kind of hierarchy and authoritarian way of doing business. People were thought of as more like parts of a machine versus human beings. And those belief systems and behaviors were actually adopted and became part of the roles we played in those companies, you know, Ford or, or whatever you're trying to manufacture. It kind of became that, that acceptable behavior that it's okay because they're providing me with money and this is my career and I'm going to be here for 30 years and this is the way we do business and this is the way, these are the behaviors we actually adopt playing this role so it was okay. And that actually still met those social esteem and social belonging needs because that's the way we did business. But nowadays, it seems like people aren't programmed any differently, but we need to change how that program interacts with the systems we're in. So instead of, of just saying, hey, this is the way business is done, it's going to be a top-down authoritarian. We're going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to do it, or we're going to fire you and replace you. It's not about that anymore. It's about, hey, how do we understand the social drivers that now exist within a different generation who is still, who has the same software everybody else has, their program the same. It's just we're being more realistic on how do we engage those those people to give them purpose, give them belonging, so they are purposeful and motivated employees in our organizations. Exactly. And what is the restaurant? Any given Muya, what is their social responsibility to the community is a really important factor in talking with some of our younger generation, which I think is powerful and a great um, evolution towards towards what that looks like when you think about contributing to your community, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's shifted in a way just because of the technology. You know, I get a lot of folks that still say, um, you know, well, they just won't get off their phones. I'm like, well, I don't want to get off my phone. So stop, you know, it's fine. Let them put it in their pocket as long as they're not on it while they're talking to a guest. They're fine. It's no big deal. So just, you know, shifting our beliefs and thinking differently about what what is important. And I think that's a big challenge for some for some leaders who've had successes in a different path. Well, and I think that's pretty powerful what you just said, too, because, you know, the phones and the tablets and the interconnectedness and how we get information now people just need to realize you can't blame the technology for it. You just have to see it as part of the environment we're now in. Exactly. And we have to adapt to that because that's not going to change. Correct. The thing that the, the only evolution that scares me is just if we're ever, if we ever get to the point where the human element isn't important because, you know, for me, I don't want to order at a kiosk. I would like to engage with the person and, you know, just from a business perspective, continuing to look at what those types of evolution of technology is going to mean, especially in the hospitality industry, because what we're, you know, having to do a lot of times from the people side of things is seeing how we can be more efficient because there just aren't enough people to go around. And we just want to make sure that we're getting the right ones and the ones that are are going to be and, and live, you know, the Muya culture. And they're out there. We just have to make sure that we're finding and uh, finding them, and then really making sure that we're 
shaping that experience so we can keep them. Well, and that's what's great is the, the concept of the high five being really about social belonging and social esteem. But then the next thing you said was, we have each other's back. Now, human beings, we've always been tribal. We've always been part of groups. We've always been part of social groups. And those social groups that are successful are successful because they can focus their attention outside. And the reason they can focus their attention outside is because safety and trust exist in their in-group. And it sounds like this idea of we have each other's back is really about that need in a social group, a social in-group for safety, trust, and that being part of that group's inner dynamic so that they can focus on any of the opportunities or problems outside the group because they feel protected inside the group. That is a huge statement that I hear a lot from team members uh, at any level is this concept of I don't feel safe in my, in my environment right now and the importance of feeling safe in your environment. I've had new team members at uh, new restaurant openings actually say to me that their parents tell them if you don't feel safe, you call me and I'll come, I'll come and get you. Um, and that often relates to someone that we've got on the fry station or someone we're putting on grill and they'll just look at me and say, I don't feel safe in my environment right now, which makes me chuckle. But um, yeah, that's, that's an important thing and making sure that whoever is there when or if that happens to a team member, we're on it and we have their back and they can trust us. And that really does start to perpetuate to your point. Trust is huge because I know that I'm going to be safe here and everybody here has my back um, is, is really key. Well, and then the, the next thing you said, which I also think is key from a social storyteller standpoint, from a social animal standpoint, is the fact that you guys say we are insatiable, that it's never fun enough. It's never fresh enough. It's never clean enough. And what what I there's a there's a nuance here because I've I've seen people in other organizations that may even have a toxic environment say we always want to find the better way we're we're always striving to do better but it's not this nuanced thing that you guys are doing you're coming at it from from what I gather when you say we are insati insatiable it's never fun enough it's never fresh enough it's never clean enough it's not saying it's never good enough it's it's the opposite of that it's really giving people the workers, the people on the line, the people, the management level employees, it's not saying it's not good enough, but it's really a statement about giving people purpose, something to, to go for together. Yes. And everybody needs purpose. Again, this is a human condition. This isn't about generations or anything else, but you know, I'm often working with managers and franchisees in being really communicative and sharing, number one, the whys about everything. Um, and then even more, as much information as you can possibly give to team members about why Muya is, you know, the best burger you've ever put in your mouth. We have certified Angus beef. What does that mean? Idaho potatoes. Why Idaho? What's the big deal? You know, everything that, that makes Muya the best burger brand out there is something to be prideful about and 
you know, I, I say, if you're not sharing these things about the brand and the purpose and what it is we're trying to accomplish, I'm just coming in every day to watch meat sizzle. And that's not going to work for me long term. I really need to get my heart connected to, to what it is that is so special about Muya because that pride factor is really what shows and then resonates, you know, with our guests. So it's huge purpose. Well, and I think, and then the last thing you said about people doing their part. So I, these statements you made, the, the four characteristics seem really, really simple at face value. They're communicated very simply, but they have such a deep meaning because the last thing you talked about was, was doing their part. And this, I think, is a huge concept for people to understand when they're trying to motivate their team, when they're trying to create team is free, is the fact that, you know, we're not totally in Maslow's hierarchy. And, and I think that's kind of misunderstood sometimes when people use it, that, that that kind of higher level of that, the top of that hierarchy is really not about yourself. And it's not about being selfish. It's about self-transcendent. It's about doing things for other people. And this notion about doing my part is not about them as much as it seems to be about doing things for the team and how that can become a really powerful driver uh, in our workplace and in our team when we're trying to accomplish something. Absolutely. And you you mentioned Maslow's hierarchy. The, The pyramid that I really love is the accountability piece of um, at the very bottom is experiences and the next level up is beliefs because when I try to share with managers, you know, we get to shape whatever beliefs we want the team to have about us. And we'll talk with the managers. What do you want these team members to believe about you? And they'll start describing what they want in terms of beliefs And then I'm like, great, now all you have to do is go create the experiences that drive those beliefs. So it's super simple. I mean, again, it kind of goes back to the Q12 from Gallup where it's like teaching to the test. Know what people want and then create an environment where they're, they're getting that. You get to create what people believe about you. We at Muya get to create whatever experiences we want team members or guests to have about us. And I think that's so powerful because it gives people empowerment to shape the environment and the culture that they want because you're creating it. And that resonates with people in my experience. Well, no, and I think that's super awesome, these things, because really what you've done so far is you've said, look, when we ask somebody about these four characteristics or we lead a conversation or a training about these four characteristics, what we're really doing is providing a, a planting a seed or we're providing a starting point or a foundation for giving people really these things we need as human beings. We need social esteem and belonging. We need to feel safety and trust in the groups we belong to. We need to have purpose, something we can struggle for together. And we need to have this idea of self-transcendence where we're doing something for that group that we feel strongly about, that we feel drawn to. So those four things really lead, it seems like, to the culture you're trying to build at Muya. What is actually culture when, in a way, I mean, you've, you've made these really socially driven statements really simple for us to understand. What about culture? I mean, it's such a nebulous thing. People have a hard time wrapping their heads around. 
how would you really really boil it down to a similar question when somebody says, hey, what's culture? It's interesting because that's my lot in life, I guess, is to really help not only shape and help people understand how to shape a culture, but um, you know, a lot of folks say it's the byproduct of something, which is not inaccurate either. It just depends on how you, how you decide to slay it. So for us, you know, when we talk to teams within Mulia, we're two things. We're simple and we're fun. We're not trying to complicate it. And what a manager or the person who's responsible for that environment inside the four walls, from a culture standpoint, just ask yourself, what does it feel like to work here? And it's really as simple as that. And the characteristics really create that byproduct of what we're trying to achieve for team members and how they feel about Muya and themselves um, and ultimately our guests. So, yeah, culture, what does it feel like to work here? Great, then we're going to do these four things. We're going to treat each other in a way that makes us all feel safe and belong. And, you know, that's, that's as much as I break it down or as complex as, you know, a bigger conversation. And I'm sure there's a lot of folks that would, you know, we'd be able to go on and on about, about culture, but we really try to keep it simple um, at Muya and, and it works. Well, I think it, it really does work. And, it, you know, I've talked before about these kind of technical sounding terms, lagging versus leading indicators, that sort of thing. But, but what you're doing, I would, I'm not a very good futurist. I'm not a very good, uh, I guess somebody could look into a crystal ball, but the fact that that Booyah Burger, when you're talking about franchisees and team members and you've hit these points about social belonging, about safety and trust, about giving people purpose and about having people understand they could do their part for that group. And then you ask a simple question about what does it feel like to work here? Those, those things we just talked about really seem to me to be a leading indicator on the future of Muya and the fact that the people that work there are going to have a good workplace experience. And I think it's all this stuff has been valuable for everybody listening because it really boils it down to what drives people and why is it that culture actually drives our behavior. And it really comes down to the emotional state because our decisions are emotional. So the fact that we can talk about, what does it feel to work here? I think is a is a really a a really positive and simple way to understand what are we trying to do in the workplace when we're trying to make a positive environment that people want to work in. That that is that is it. And you know, starting off by saying, you know, I'm the people for the people, I I really take that seriously and to heart. And I think, you know, I'm in a Starbucks right now and these team members look pretty darn happy. And I'm just so thankful and passionate that, that my job is people. I don't I don't know why anybody would want to do any any other any other thing. Well, and so as we wrap this up, I mean there's been so much value in here that I've gained from you and I know the listeners have, but you mentioned it very quickly. You just glossed over it. Um, but I want to hit this book. I mean, you you're writing a book, at least I mean, I know you're, you said you're writing it, so it's probably in progress, probably not available right now, but what is the book about? Do you have a title yet? Can you quickly give us information? Because just based on this conversation, I'm going to want to read it, so I just want 
to ask you a little bit about that. What's this project that you're working on? I do. So since being at Muya, and as I said, I've only been here for, for a few years, I really became intrigued and curious about um, knowing more and understanding more about our younger generations because I was exposed to such young folks that hadn't been a part of my experience before. So originally it was, it's called Get Woke, and it's a series of interviews with Generation Zs and Millennials. But I have since taken Millennials out of the structure because the meat of what I'm learning is really from 22, 23-year-olds to about 15, 14. I tried to go like 10 once, but he was too young. Um, So just talking with them about what their perspectives are in terms of their careers and what is it they're going to do or what is going to be important um, in in their environment when they get into the workforce. What are their early, you know, perceptions of what that's going to be like and they're very clear about what it is and there is definitely a line in the commonalities of 22 23 max in age to you know 24 28 they're already in the workforce and um, it just wasn't the insight that I was looking to gain but I'm really getting a lot of insight that I'm going to be excited to share um, from them. Um, you know, we talk or I go to conferences or to meetings and, and we talk about them, but they're not either represented there and it seems more like opinion. And so I wanted to get it straight from them. So the book will be from them, not about what I think, but what they're saying in terms of the workforce and their expectations for what is going to be important to them. Again, I say it's going to be a competitive advantage because, you know, organizations that don't listen and really shift to, to make the environment one that these folks feel socially and, um, you know, communal around, it's going to be tough. And, you know, and it's, it's fun. It's been a lot of fun. So I'm hoping to finish, um, you know, my goal is to, to finish this year. So it's called Get Woke, and I will be happy to share it with you um, once I get enough data points and information from, from my interviews and research. So thank you for, for asking. Well, hopefully you'll do more than share with me because hopefully you'll come back on and talk to us about it because it sounds like, I mean, it really sounds like there's a, a gap here in that knowledge. And, and part of it is because data takes a long time, stories take a long time to get out there, and the workforce is young and now and here, and we don't have the luxury of waiting 10 years or so to get the information because something would have changed by then. So I think it's going to be super valuable. And I mean, I've gotten so much value from this conversation we've had about social drivers and social groups and belonging and purpose and looking out for each other. And then the information that you're going to have in this book really seems valuable in that same way. So if people want to follow you, get to know a little bit about you, connect with you somehow, so they're they're an early adopter of your book or have access to the book or want to reach out to do business with Muya, become a franchisee, whatever it happens to be, is there a way they can contact you or follow you on social media, anything like that? Sure. I think um, probably the, the easiest way is LinkedIn. I'm, I'm very active 
and I'm on it all the time, several times every day. And you know, that would be the first point of contact, I think, that I would love to, to hear from anyone who um, would like to, to connect. I'm, I'm a big networker. I will never say no. And if I get invited, I'll come. <laughs> well, I'll definitely put a, a link so that people can get in touch with you if they, if they want to. And then, yeah, and I will, I will testify to that, that you are very approachable. You have a ton of knowledge. And I'm really looking forward to this book. But I just wanted to thank you for coming on because this episode has really been great. Oh, thank you. It's been so nice connecting with you. And I'm thrilled to, that, you had the, that you decided to have me on today. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. And now everybody out there, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, because I really enjoy talking to Denny. This has been awesome. So if you have a chance, please share the podcast, leave a review, and rate it. It really helps other people find these great conversations. And if you need anything from me, please reach out to me at crucialtalks.com or via email, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, whatever works for you. Again, thank you for listening. Have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit CrucialTalks.com.